Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. Today's episode should be pretty interesting. So we have an individual that's kind of like a hybrid. She's kind of fashion. She does a lot of social media stuff, but she also has a company that backs it behind the scenes. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, Kaylee? So my name's Kaylee. I'm 22 years old. I'm from Toronto, Ontario. Um, I founded Lauren Design, which is a social media agency. I did that. I founded that about a year ago. We now have about six employees now. Uh, We currently service about over 75 clients worldwide. We currently manage about 23 accounts per day, Instagram accounts. Um, And yeah, we also do website design, graphic design, and I also model part-time. And I also uh, am a promoter or a partner for a hair and wellness skin company as well. So so yeah, I think that that's, that's pretty cool because I mean, obviously, you know, I'm in that same space to, to a certain extent. So I think a lot of times people are always trying to figure out like how the hell do you connect the dots between prime example, Instagram and, and what do I use Instagram for? and What kind of product should I put on Instagram? So I think you figured it out pretty early on in your career. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, originally I was trying to be um, a YouTube creator. Mm-hmm. I was trying to, well, actually I was trying to be a rapper at one point in my right. life. Yeah. So that's how I kind of got into social media because I realized I need views to get, you know, big. So that's why I ended up uh, figuring out the algorithm for Instagram so that I could get more views on YouTube. And that kind of just spiraled into my business. Yeah, I think that's a good segue. I think a lot of people don't realize that even though Instagram is owned by Facebook and YouTube is owned by Google, they kind of work and feed off each other, much like TikTok is in that gameplay now, right? So you could feed into TikTok, TikTok feeds into Instagram, Instagram feeds into YouTube. So why don't you just talk about that a little bit more in detail about the algorithm a little bit? Well, ultimately, I find, like like you said, everything's connected. So, for example, if you find somebody that you resonate with, an influencer, mm-hmm. you're going to follow them on all social platforms. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that you figure out the algorithm for any type of social platform. If you mm-hmm. make it TikTok famous, you're most likely going to grow on your, social, your other social platforms, right? Mm-hmm. So the Instagram algorithm is a little funny because it switches all the time there's always rumors about like like right now I think saves apparently are the new likes but Instagram doesn't ever confirm that so it's honestly just about creating good content that people resonate with making sure that your content's not always about you making content that people can either learn from or relate to share etc um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you definitely did a good job. I mean, obviously, I looked looked at just some of your stuff before we got on air, and what I'm realizing is that obviously you're in the the space of modeling, and that modeling could then go into like pharmaceuticals or makeup, and then you also have like the behind the scenes. Okay, if you want to be on Instagram like I am, here's the steps to do it. So, I mean, when did you figure out like these these three? And I call that triangulations. Like, it's trying to figure out the three components that overlap to talk to talk to that one particular audience. So how did you get on that journey to figure that out? Um, s- sorry. So you mean, so well, can you read that again? Yeah, yeah. So how did you figure out, because I mean, triangulation that I'm talking about and describing is something that 
prime example, if I'm in insurance and I'm talking to real estate agents and I'm selling life insurance, not just home insurance, right? It's the three different components that come together to, to make my target audience. So for your target audience, you essentially have like the modeling, you have the skincare, and then you also have how could someone learn to do what you're doing? So that's like your target audience. You're talking to millennials that want to be like you in front mm -hmm. of the camera, they want to figure it out. And they also want to figure out how can they put their products in front of the camera or put their particular services in front of the camera, much like you're doing. So on your journey to that road, how did you get that? How did you figure that out? I think honestly, when it comes to growing your followers and all that, mm -hmm. it's about making sure that you're not just soliciting mm -hmm. people all the time. Nobody wants mm -hmm. to follow somebody that is always trying to sell them things. It's about being genuine, creating genuine conversations, making genuine relationships with people. So just because you run a business doesn't mean that every conversation you have should be you know, you trying to sell your business, you know, sometimes it's all, it's about creating content that people want to ask you questions like, Hey, how did you, how did you make this? Or how did you come up with this? It's, it's not always about selling what your business is. And I think that's what helps grow your following people who want to follow your life, people who want to be essentially like you, I guess, mm -hmm. but you know, it's all, it's really about making sure that you're being genuine and not soliciting people all the time because then that kind of comes off as ingenuine right yeah yeah so. definitely so just step it back a little bit i mean are you originally from canada and if you are like how did you even get into the space of when to you said originally become a rapper so you wanted to become <laughs> a rapper and then how did you go from being a rapper to jumping into youtube um so i guess well, so yes, I'm from Canada, I guess. Well, I've had, I've always loved music. Um, I grew up doing musical theater, um, dance competitions, all that stuff. And I also just really love like listening to artists music. And I like, I love music that makes you feel something. So I wanted to be the type of person that could do that. Hmm. Obviously I didn't end up being successful in that, but I guess that's because personally I found that I care too much what people think, I guess. And so when you, and also I feel like as a rapper, I was trying to have this type of persona that I really don't have. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess that just caused me to translate that into modeling and into, you know, creating social media, like learning about social media marketing and helping other businesses grow um, because I was able to grow my personal profile but obviously I feel like people weren't really resonating with the music as much as they were with just me as a person. I think people mm. like my personality. They like how genuine I am, how real I am. Um, I'll be down to talk to literally anyone in my DMs about anything about life, about whatever. And I think that obviously helps the following and stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think that's, that's, a, that's a really solid segue. And I was hoping that you would go down that road because I mean, part of the example that you just illustrated is like you figured out how to pivot. Like one thing wasn't working, but then you saw that something else was working, even though the original plan didn't come to fruition. So you kind of shifted it in. So I definitely commend you for being as savvy as you are in that space to recognize when something wasn't working and pivot into to the next thing. So in my next question, like on the journey of like finding like business success currently where you are, you always hit hurdles, right? So what was like the worst experience that you've experienced in your current journey? Um, well, I guess, you know, like any business, there's always going to be people like clients or customers who give you a hard time. And sometimes that can definitely affect your self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I find, well, I am a lot younger than a lot of the clients I work with. So sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like I struggle with clients, like 
I don't, I wouldn't say disrespect, but I feel like they kind of talk down to me sometimes mm-hmm. as if I don't know what I'm doing. So that definitely was a hurdle. I feel like in the beginning, mm-hmm. trying to find a way to like prove that, like to trust me basically. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of customers, especially when, when you're dealing with something with their business, social media and everything, mm-hmm. they, a lot of people like to micromanage you. Right. But at the end of the day, you have to realize you're putting your money into me for a reason. You're mm-hmm. buying my services for a reason. So it's important mm-hmm. to realize like, you know, I, I like you picked me for a reason to see that I can help you grow your profile. So I guess that was something that I had to struggle or deal with to kind of show that, you know, I'm capable of running your profile. You like ultimately social media management, the whole goal is so that you don't have to really worry about your, your socials. Right. So I definitely struggle with like a lot of clients who micromanage you and then, um, yeah, but eventually, I guess they just have to get comfortable with who you are. And I, that's, that comes with being genuine as well, right? Telling them the flat out, like what it is, like why you're doing things, explaining things to them as much as you can. And I guess that's helped a lot. Gotcha. Also yeah. time zones really, because we do worldwide. So that that's also a hurdle. <laughs> like um, there's my feel like my phone's never not buzzing because I have clients from the UK. I have clients from, I, at one point I had um, a client from like, Africa so like there's time zones all over the place so it's like at one point I was getting really stressed out because it's like oh my god no one respects my time but at the end of the day their business hours are different from my business hours so I had to kind of adapt to that as well so I mean you're talking about a worldwide platform and and I mean I kind of love worldwide because it gives me opportunity to I could have employees that are overseas so then they can shift in when I shift down so how did you even get into the space? I mean, currently you're in Canada, so you're more on, on the Western side of things, right? So how did you get into the market of the east, Eastern side of the world? Um, ultimately, um, it's my mom. My mom actually, that's how I started this all because she runs a permanent makeup business um, mm. downtown in Yorkville. And so she actually travels the world, works with different types of brow artists. And so basically she recommended me to some of her brow friends and that's just kind of how the ball got rolling. So a lot of my clients are actually U.S. based majority. I think like 99% of them are U.S. based. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. And then I guess from there, once the word starts coming out on Instagram, when you type in Instagram management, I think my account comes up. So that's just how we got the ball rolling. People started resonating with my page and that's how we got to the U.K. side of the world as well. Nice, nice. So how is your business structured? Are you, are you an LLC, S-Corp, C-Corp? Um, I don't think I'm any of those at the moment. Or we just, mm. I just got the business license, but I don't think I'm either. Um, either one of those. Gotcha. Yes. So, I mean, that, that's pretty interesting. I mean, it's this, it kind of, I think you're at that point to where you're shifting from solopreneur into entrepreneur, right? So you're kind of growing into the space, but it seems like you got dropped in the heat of the fire and you have clients around the world. So it's kind of like not necessarily an overnight success, but you've kind of just built it up to the point to where you are currently. So like my next question is, is we always hear about the 20 years it takes someone to become successful. And obviously you're in your 20s. So it didn't take you 20 years to get to where you are. So how long have you been on your journey? Um, I started Lauren Design about a year ago from today. Well, not from today, but February 1st was like when I started this all. So it's been exactly a year now. Um, but that's not to say that I haven't been on Instagram trying to work the algorithm for my own personal profile, probably for about three years now. So, but obviously I'm not even where I, I would like to be. Cause like you said, it takes 20 years to be successful. I wouldn't consider myself technically successful yet. I would say we're growing and I'm happy with where we are, but definitely we could grow more and 
I would like to see us, you know, <laughs> so if you could go back in time and do anything all over again, what would it be and why? That's a great question. Um, I guess it would be, um, ultimately, I guess it would be just the hiring process. I think that's, that's also another hurdle that I struggled with. Um, at first I was kind of just hiring. I, I feel like my business grew exponentially fast and it was, it wasn't, I wasn't able to handle it. It just kind of happened. All these clients came out of nowhere and I was getting so stressed out. So I just kind of hired whoever was like available and ready. I didn't really do a whole screening process, interviews, nothing. I was just like, okay, you can do this. Great. And I'll pay you and I'll pay you. And that kind of obviously created lots of problems. I had clients who were used to my work as well. And once you kind of switch over, you delegate different tasks. Definitely people, mm -hmm. clients start to notice like, hey, this is a little different than normal, right? But at the end of the day, like I couldn't do it all by myself. So definitely, I guess the hiring process, I would have liked to take more time. But obviously now um, as we're growing, I am like filtering out things and making sure that uh, people are doing what I want. And also, I guess I'm also taking back a lot of the tasks that people were having issues with. So I feel like I put a lot on myself, but at the end of the day, it's what you need to do to be successful, yeah. I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, what did you, did you, did you go to college? I mean, how did you get into like, I guess more so the design side of things, the design house? Honestly, I'm self-taught. I didn't go to college. Didn't, I mean, I graduated high school, but that was really it. In high school, I found that a lot of the projects I did, I was super creative with. Like, we would just be instructed to, for example, show the class a career that you were interested in. A lot of people would do PowerPoints, reports. I was always, like, doing a music video. I was always doing something fun. So I always found that I had a really creative vibe to myself. Mm -hmm. um, and so high school helped with that. And I guess, yeah, so I was self-taught. And YouTube helps mm -hmm. a lot. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, I mean, I think you alluded to a question that I usually ask is like, do you come from an entrepreneurial family? I mean, that goes without saying. So besides your mom, was anybody else in, in like your bloodline entrepreneurs and, and where did you get the hustle from? Was it just your mom? I think both my parents are extreme hustlers. They came mm. from nothing, literally nothing. And now they both have huge houses. Like I, I look mm. up to both of them so much. I know my dad is an entrepreneur, but I don't really understand what he does. He does something with stocks. And I know he has an office, <laughs> but I could not tell you the rest, but I respect their hustle so much. Um, living with, I've lived with both of them and like you, I could totally, I think I definitely get my drive from both of them. All they do is work, 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 work. So I definitely get that from them. All I do is work as well. So Nice, nice. Uh, so, I mean, coming from like that kind of hustle mentality background and uh, you're pretty young right now, but like, how do you currently juggle like your family life or your life with your friends and your work hustle at the same time? I think the pandemic is really nice to me. So I, I, I technically don't really balance it. All I do is work, but obviously it doesn't make me feel that bad because thanks to the pandemic, I don't really have to do a lot. But I mean, Zoom is great. You know, you can always work while you Zoom, catch up with people. Mm -hmm. I see my family when I can. Um, I live with my boyfriend. So yeah. whenever I have spare time, I hang out with him as well. Um, and of course, if my friends ever need me, like they can come over and I'll drop whatever. But yeah, I definitely haven't figured out the balance part as well as I should yet. Cool. Yeah, I think you just brought up Jay and I think you guys come did some YouTube stuff and you got like the YouTube channel going. Like how difficult is that working with your significant other on like, you know, your like your marketing strategy and your campaigns? How does that work? 
Honestly, he's actually works for me for my Lauren design as well. So that's a great question. Mm -hmm. I think, um, well, it's, there has its good and bads, right? Because for one, like it's nice to have somebody that I can fully trust with mm -hmm. my business. Sometimes you're always afraid of like, you don't know who's going to like leave and take your, mm -hmm. your tactics with them and then start mm -hmm. their own business. But obviously with your boyfriend, you can fully trust him. I give him all my mm -hmm. secrets and I trust him completely. And, um, but yes, there are times where let's just say if there's an issue, it just gets really awkward. I don't want to tell mm -hmm. my boyfriend, like you did something wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. So that you definitely run into issues there, but for the most part, I, I do like working with him. And he's also into film and like technology and all that stuff. So when it comes to YouTube, yeah. we really do like it. It's more of a hobby for us now. We love to travel and create videos. So yeah. I, I really like working with him. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely tell from you guys' video, like one, you guys like creating videos. You put a little extra in there, a lot of sound effects and some animation clips in between. <laughs> and it seems like he shares some of your personality. Like you guys have similar personality traits. So oh, it, yes, the chemistry do. definitely Great. works. Yes, absolutely. We're super fun and quirky. And yeah, we're always bouncing ideas off of each other. He's very um, entrepreneurial as well. He loves to like right now he's currently in a flipping business, buying and selling. He loves to do that. He also has his own business doing magic. So I learned a lot from him as well. He's done. He has, his, he has run his own magic business since he was like, I think like eight years old. So he definitely has a lot of more experience with entrepreneurship and all that. So that's really nice as well. Cool. Cool. So like, what are your morning habits, your morning routines? My morning routine is so funny. I literally wake, I, I roll over and start working because my, my work is my phone. It's pathetic. My boyfriend's like, you need to wake up and spend some time to yourself. But it's like, I wake up, I check my phone and it's like 50 people like, hello, I need this, I need this. So I literally like half, half my eyes half open. I'm like working. But um, on a day that I'm not working, Sundays are our only day off. Uh, I guess my morning routine would be like just getting breakfast and honestly i still work <laughs> i yeah um it's pretty interesting i mean it's, it's kind of the work-life balance thing i think it comes with pulling out systems and creating systems and i think like you're at that dawn of okay i'm i don't want to do this every day all day forever what systems i'm going to put in place so that way when they call they're not getting me is getting routed to someone else so you don't have to deal with that bs continuously because eventually by the time you hit like your 30s <laughs> you're mm -hmm. going to be like completely stressed the hell out and honestly i'm already there like sometimes like I, I probably have a mental breakdown like once a week like i can't do this but then i just do it <laughs> But I totally yeah. know what you mean. I do need yep. systems. Everyone tells me that. I guess mm -hmm. I just, it's all about figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. If you get a chance, you probably want to go back and listen. I think it was episode three of season two. And it okay. was Damon. And Damon said, like, like, he was talking about, he's much like us in a sense, work, 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 work. And then one day he said, to hell with it. And for like six months, he sat down and he wrote out every single thing that he does for all his clients, documented all of it. And then he was able to delegate it because now he doesn't have to worry about it. All the details were there. And then now he can kind of delegate it to his PAs and his VAs. And he has VAs and PAs worldwide. So it makes it to where now his business can scale, but he doesn't have to deal with all the phone calls and all the stress on the first hand basis. I love that. My mom tells me that too. She's like, sit down. I cry to her all the time. I'm like, mom, I can't do this. And she's like, sit down, write what you like, write what you don't like about, like, write what you like about your job, write what you don't like about your job fix it and i'm like okay i will and i just never do it <laughs> well, yeah. sooner or later it, it'll get to you so moving on to, to the next question i mean obviously like this is a business podcast i've always asked the question about you know like are you an avid reader or are you an avid more so like audiobook person and if you are either one of those what books helped you to get to currently where you are and what books are you reading right now 
not a book person, but I do watch shows. I listen to podcasts. Um, I like my favorite show is Dragon's Den. Like, nice. absolutely love it. Um, Manjit is my absolute favorite. She's amazing. Um, that gives me lots of motivation. And I like seeing other people's ideas and how different entrepreneurs like make things of themselves. So that definitely inspires me. Podcasts, I don't have specific ones that I like, but I do have Clubhouse, the app, and I just listen to whatever's out and whatever sounds interesting. Um, I also work with Monet, which is a like hair skin brand. So all the girls in there are always sending personal development podcasts. They're just recommending things. So I'm constantly listening to those. Nice. Um, yeah. nice. It's, it's funny that you brought up Dragon's Den. So for all the U.S. listeners that don't know what Dragon's Den is, it, it is the predecessor to Shark Tank. Yes. It came out well before. Like, it was like probably eight, nine seasons before Shark Tank even came to existence. So I think it's still it's still running right now live in Canada, correct? Mm-hmm. Still- yes, they're doing Zoom call. They're doing Zoom virtual meetings yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, if you haven't had opportunity to kind of just go to YouTube and look up Dragons Den, I, I would definitely, I mean, back in the day, I think they was in a brick warehouse of the first seasons. It was definitely a cool show. So I definitely commend you for watching that. I mean, it makes the original shows, you can kind of see where Shark Tank kind of bit off. Yeah, absolutely. For them <laughs> that show. Yeah. Cool. So where do you see yourself 20 years from now? 20 years from now, I hope to just be like a travel consultant. I would love to mm-hmm like um, travel and show other businesses how to rebrand different mm. ways that they can grow. Um, but obviously I feel like I would have to build much, a much bigger name for mm. myself to be able to do that. But yeah, 20 years from now, I just want to be traveling, living life, helping other businesses, um, doing what I do at a much bigger scale. Nice. Nice. So, I mean, obviously you're, you're into technology, even though you're not into technology. So what software do you use behind the scenes that you would not be able to do what you do without? Definitely. Um, I use Canva, which is probably so basic for people, but it it works. Um, Canva, what else? Google Docs, Google Sheets, all of those. Couldn't live without those Google Forms. Um, Wix for website creation. PicMonkey, like the basics, but I guess I've learned how to use them to the best of their abilities. Because a lot of people are like, what program do you use? And I go Canva and they're like, this isn't Canva work. And so I guess it's it's honestly just using the programs that are popular, but learning how to manipulate work them to your yeah advantage yeah it's pretty pretty interesting because it's like on one hand like i've I've had conversations with people that are in their 60s i have conversations with people in their 40s 30s and conversations with millennials as well and there's a clear divide between the software platforms right like i mean obviously you're savvy you're going to use whatever is low-key that you can use on your mobile device that's Mm -hmm. cost effective versus someone that's a little bit older may say they're going to spend $55 a, a month and get Photoshop and Illustrator when technically you can kind of do a lot of those things yeah. on other platforms. So that's actually definitely- a really good point. My mom says that too. She's like, if you're going to be a real graphic designer, you should be, you should be doing Adobe. And it's like, mom, everything on Adobe, I can do on my sites for free and not for free. Actually, you have to buy the pro and premium, but they're like $14 a month as opposed to what you said, like $55 a month. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two different schools of thought. I mean, obviously, you can get a lot of work done through Canva. And I mean, yes. Photoshop is more so traditional to where you want to do really great details and manipulation. But in today's world, you really don't really need that level of manipulation unless you're going to be dealing with like magazines and stuff like that. But for social media, by all means, Canva gets the job done. Canva. Yeah, but then there's also, you're right, for Shutter, like for Adobe and stuff, I use mm-hmm. like the um, PicMonkey, which is also. Mm-hmm amazing i don't know if you've heard of it but it's really great for vectorizing images as well it's just honestly how you figure out how to use the programs but yeah i find that PicMonkey is a great way like i don't see much on 
Adobe that I can't do on like my sites, but obviously I have to use a bunch of them to get yeah, like what yeah. one Adobe can do, but mm. like, you know, whatever works. Yeah. But I think that that's a testament to like the millennial generation and understanding Absolutely. that everything in today's world is about like compiling different pieces of components and Frankenstein. I always make the comment about Frankensteining something. It's not a negative term. It's kind of like, if you could figure out how to do 25 different things and in, in, in by using three different software and that software combined is like $10 a month versus $55 a month, that's an automatic win. Absolutely, 100%, I agree. Yeah. So what are you using for like your analytic data? Like, I mean, obviously you're, you're figuring out algorithms. So behind the scenes, you got to look at kind of like, well, where's people coming from and who's the target audience and, and how many people like this? Like, what are you using for that? Instagram insights. They're the hmm. best. Like, um, yeah, we, we have people who, uh, I have people who track everyday, um, activity. So hmm. we make, we make sure that you check the insights log it. And then we kind of just see how it goes from there. Which hashtags do we use today? How did that reach like affect? How did that reach affect their profile? Yeah. Stuff like that. And we kind of just base our um, statistics and content based on like whatever the reports come out to be. Right. And I find Instagram insights is the way to go. They help a lot and they tell you exactly what time you should be posting, what time your followers are most active. Hmm. Um, I mean, I've used other apps as well, but I find that Instagram insights works the best and it's also free. So hmm. pretty yeah. interesting. So like you're coming at it from kind of like a, a day trader mentality to kind of like you see what the shifts are in the market and you're shifting automatically versus I mean, I, I've heard and I've dealt with people that they may pick a hashtag campaign and they may run that campaign for seven to 14 days and kind of read the analytics over that period of time. But you're saying you shift within 24 hours. And is that have you seen that there's been enough time to kind of get the data that you need to make that shift? I mean, we track it every day. I wouldn't say I change the hashtags every day. Mm -hmm. We use about like five to six hashtag groups probably weekly. And then like, you know, if we notice like on Monday, the hashtag group that I use wasn't doing so well, we'll take that out, switch that up with something else and see like mm -hmm. how that works and go from there. Same with um, what time you're posting at mm -hmm. and captions and stuff. Caption actually nowadays, Instagram algorithm, it's not just about um, tags anymore. They, mm -hmm. when you search things in the search bar, it's all about the keywords that you're using and the captions as well. And so um, just making sure that you're optimizing your captions as best as you can to like get your audience. So it's not good to just write like one sentence nowadays in your captions. You have to make sure you're providing some good information. So to define that for, for cause some people, I mean, obviously I get it, but for some people they may not understand the difference between like hashtags and captions and descriptions. So why don't you just break that down a little bit? So captions is obviously like the, uh, what you're writing under the photo to kind of explain what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, by optimizing, I say like things like making sure you're kind of creating things to help people engage with. So asking a question in your caption is super, super helpful. Mm -hmm. Makes It actually gives people incentive to want to comment, but obviously not being like, hey, how's your day? You wanna say something like, for example, if it's a brow post, you say, how long does it take you to fill your brows in every day? People wanna mm -hmm. comment, right? It gives people incentive to comment. Um, also using emojis really is super friendly. It, it mm -hmm. kind of creates a personality to your brand and it's enticing to the eye. Um, what else? Oh, drawing a blank here. I'm so sorry, but yeah. No, no, I, I think, I think you definitely nailed it. So, and, and I was asking you those detailed questions because I want our, our, our audience to really understand like the way you think may not be the same way someone 50 years old think. 
but mm-hmm. finding the commonality between the way a millennial thinks and the way someone else older thinks it's not as hard as you may think it's just a matter of stepping out and looking at it from an outside point of view versus putting yourself in that space and for you you do it every single day and you're doing it for clients so you're ratting off things really quickly because you're living that life but again for, for this particular pocket i just want our viewers to understand like you could be in her spot if you step out and stop thinking directly about you, think about the masses versus the individual. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't target, but just understanding that would definitely help. Yeah, absolutely. So um, final words of wisdom, like let's say I'm, I'm at high school, right? Let's say I'm, I'm 16, 17 years old. I'm listening to this podcast and I'm like, like, dude, she's only like a few years older than me. She really has a business. She has YouTube going on. She has Instagram going on. Like what words of insight would you give to me to help me move forward in my journey to be an entrepreneur? Stay true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, do what you want. Like, like, just like I said, like if you wanted to do music, stick to mm-hmm. it follow other artists or follow people similar to your niche, see how they're doing it. Mm. Follow people that are successful that you, you know, look up to and kind of resonate, like um, mimic your social platforms off of what they're doing. Don't copy them, but see mm. what what's working for them and make sure that like, you can kind of translate it to work for you. Um, you know, track your journal, make sure that like you're um, journaling what's working for you, what's not expenses always write down your expenses especially as a young person i feel like we just waste our money on crap so saving money is so important especially the younger you are the better mm-hmm. and i guess just like like we're young you should like go for it right like that's i've, I've read i, I talked to so many people my age who are like i want to do this but like i'm just gonna i'm waiting for the right time i'm waiting till i have ten thousand followers i'm waiting till this this, and that just start and you know you'll eventually get to where you want to be but you know you're never going to get somewhere if you don't start so yeah, yeah you're definitely definitely right man it was a uh, like a book that i read when i first started my podcast was gonna start ugly and it really just tells yes. a story about just get out there and do it and you'll figure things out. Like where my yeah. podcast is today is nowhere near where it was a year ago. And it's so just get out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'd see my work from last year too. And I'm like, oh, this is awful, but you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. So yeah. never going to be perfect. Just do it. Definitely. So I mean, what's your, your Instagram, your social media, your Facebook handles? Like how can people find you online? Kaylee.Lauren, K-A-Y-L-E-Y dot Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. You can find my business, Lauren Design Co. So L-A, Lauren Design dot Co. And uh, yeah, YouTube, Kaylee Lauren. Everything's Kaylee Lauren. <laughs> nice. Nice. So let's go into the bonus round a little bit, right? Mm. So if you could spend 24 hours with anyone dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why? Mac Miller. I love him. Yes. <laughs> well, he was honestly like when I was doing my rapping, that's what everyone said. Like, who would you collab with? It would be Mac Miller. And I was so sad with what happened to him, but I just love the way he was able to translate music and like his personal feelings. And he, you could tell he dealt with a lot of demons. I would just love to like pick his brain and, you know, talk to him. But um, I love also how he's probably like, also Drake, but he's like, there's, it's not very common for rappers to sing and rap. And he's probably one of the only ones that I love listening to. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's Bone Thugs too. They do that. They do that well. But um, yeah, I, I would say Mac Miller. Yeah, yeah. I think Mac Miller definitely is up there. And to your point, I mean, Drake is, well, I mean, I think Drake is more so an actor. So no matter what you put him in, he pretty much is going to figure it out. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, he on the drop of a dime, he can turn it on and off. So I think that that was <laughs> kind of like the height of his career was coming from acting to becoming a rapper. It only mm-hmm. made sense. 
Um, so if you could be a superhero, who would it be and why? Oh God, that's, that's a hard question. I don't even know my superheroes. <laughs> um, do you know Teen Titans? Yeah, we do. Raven, Raven. I, I love Raven. She's so dark though, but I love, she definitely found her, her chakras and her spirits so young. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can see Raven. I can definitely see Raven. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so going into like the last bonus question, like being that you are as young as you are, what is your most significant achievement to date? I guess it was moving out at 15. Like most mm -hmm. people are like, what? So I guess that and just being able to survive from that and mm -hmm. going from, I worked so many minimum wage jobs possible. So going mm -hmm. from that to being able to be my own boss, I think mm -hmm. that's definitely a huge accomplishment for me. Like my bosses were really mean to me. So to be able mm -hmm. to hate, wake, hate waking up and going to my job every day to waking up and loving my job. I guess that's why I'm such a workaholic It's because I just, I love my job. Right. So that's definitely a huge accomplishment. Oh yeah. That, that, I mean, that, that's definitely interesting. Like being that you're in your early twenties and you moved out when you was 15. So, I mean, that, that is a, a hell of a, a journey, a hell of a ride. So, I mean, going into to closing out the podcast, I always give whoever I'm interviewing an opportunity that on this journey, you may have had some questions you want to ask me. So the floor is yours. The microphone is yours. Any questions you would like to ask, my, ask me? I would. I was actually very curious to know who, which superhero you would want to be. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> You're the first person to ever ask me that question. And it's, it's kind of like, um, I would be Mr. Manhattan. Um, Mr. Manhattan is from DC Comics. And yeah. I'm a Mar I love Marvel, but I would be missing my hand just because he has the opportunity to be in all times, all space, everything, all at the same time. I love that. I love that. And also, I guess, what would you say your biggest accomplishment is? I think my biggest accomplishment um, to date, I mean, I've had lots of accomplishments. I've, I've published books, I've mm -hmm. started up businesses, and, and I've done a lot of things. But I think my biggest accomplishment currently to date is right now will be my podcast. Because my podcast, for me, is leaving behind a legacy for yes. my, my family and my kids and having opportunity to interview people like you and other successful people. Some people that I've known forever, some people that I just met like you literally today for the first time. But then my kids and my grandkids have opportunity to see this conversation and learn from myself and learn from you. So once I'm dead and gone, this will always be here. I, that's beautiful. I love that so much. I want to thank you so much also for having me on your show. This is amazing and such an awesome opportunity. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely appreciate you reaching out. And I, I just want people to understand, like, I mean, you reached out on a platform. We didn't know each other. You know, you kind of told me a little bit about your background. I looked into it and I was like, you know what, this is a perfect platform to kind of hear your story. And I think most of the time on my show, we have people that are, that are older, that are successful to on another level. But I was like, this is a good opportunity for you in your current success coming in from a brand new millennial standpoint to give a different point of view. And I definitely appreciate you coming on the show and giving our listeners that opportunity to hear you speak. Yeah, thank you. I love that. Great. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you.
Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss on Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.